If you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you're misinformed. What is the long-term effect of too much information? Information, information, I just need some information. I've been dying, I've been dying, is it lack of education? I've been reading, I've been reading without any transformation. I'm addicted, I'm addicted, is it overstimulation? Hey. Welcome to the Success Report. The Success Report. Hear ye, hear ye, come one, come all. You are listening to the Six Sense Report with Joel Nikoloff and Darnell Samuels. Bro, head for the bunker, man. Are you ready to get drafted? Oh, uh, uh, nah, man. (laughs) It's funny you say that. Uh, That kind of reminds me of uh, Martin Lawrence stand-up that he did, uh, Martin You So Crazy, back in the 90s. And, And he was talking about war, and he was like, yo, I ain't the mother sucker to call. Don't call me. Don't call me. You know, so for me, I was kind of like, actually, yeah, I'm not I'm not uh built for that. I'd be a I'd definitely be a draft dodger for sure. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, that's a, a no-brainer. You know, you ain't violated my rights. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, but there's a lot of brave guys out there who volunteer and put their lives on the line for the country and for those guys, we salute them. You know, shout to Marcus to salute these guys um, who go out there and, and defend the country, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I got mad respect for the the people who want to voluntarily, you know, risk their lives um, in that regard. Um, but but kind of playing a bit of devil's advocate to the whole concept, I, I saw a good meme. I don't know where it was, but but something like, you know, to the effect of, well, you know, war should be somewhat voluntary. If the country really wants to go to war, why don't we set up a GoFundMe page and see how many people are really willing to to fund that joint? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as opposed to, I mean, and 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 really, the point being is, do the people of the country actually want to go to war, and how much are they really willing to spend to achieve whatever thing you want to achieve, as opposed to, you know, the the idea that like our elective representatives now because they were elected somehow can collectively make the right decision the right being what the people actually want whereas if people are caused or people are forced to vote with their money as to how much they really want to go to war um, i think that actually would be better representative Um, and and now it would put the onus on the leaders the politician to actually sell to the you know the general population why this is necessary as opposed to giving us the propaganda to justify the actions they're already going to do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, well, you know, given the circumstances of why we're doing this show, with the killing of respected Iranian military leader Qasem Soleimani by the US government. I don't know if that's true. I think there's some dispute on how respected he is. Um, but he's at least a high-ranking military official. I think he's second in command. But he, he had two million people at his funeral. What do you mean? Yeah, but I mean, you know, how many people show up to the funerals in in um, North Korea, right? Like they show up. Do they really want to be there? I don't know, right? Like when you've got a elected official of a tyrannical government argument, you know, sometimes people do things because out of fear as opposed to actually out of reverence. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think this one's out I, of respect. I'm just, I, yeah. I mean, th- I didn't know about that too many. That sounds, you know, to your point, that's a fair point. At least... It, yo, bro, it, it looked like the Raptor Parade. 
<laughs> I was just like, nah, man. This is this is because for you know for someone sitting on the outside looking, you're like, oh, I don't know who this guy is. But then when you see the amount of people um, that were at the funeral, you're like, okay, this looks serious. Um, and so we wanted to for the listener. The direction we're going to go into with this episode is we're going to look at who is Kasim Salamani, and then we're going to look at the Iranian plane that was shot down that had 63 Canadians on it, and then we're going to look at uh, was America justified in um, killing Salamani, and then we're going to talk about uh, Canada's role in the midst of this because uh, there was a meme going around uh, that that got people I, I no so there was a meme going around that summarized how uh, a lot of Canadians were feeling about the whole assassination and so I'm going to play a clip from that meme and it's from the movie The 40 Year Old Virgin and so uh, Kevin Hart's in it and so the first person you hear speaking, he represents the U.S. And then Kevin Hart's character, who responds to him, represents Iran. And then, uh, what's the white guy's, what's his character's name again? Oh, I can never remember. The, it's, um, the, the clip is from 40-Year-Old Virgin. Uh, Steve okay. Carroll. Steve Carroll, yes. Yeah, so Steve Carroll, the white guy, uh, is with the first, is with the U.S., the, white, the first black guy talking. Basically, Canada is at the end where he says, "What did I do?" That's about the only line Canada has in the in the skit. So, yeah. So uh, yeah. Just for context. So basically, yeah, they're they're arguing in uh, a Best Buy type like store, and so, well, yeah, you'll hear it, and then, uh, I'll have it in the show notes page. So. Yeah, if you want to see it. So, oh, by the way, uh, this clip has some offensive language. So if there's uh, kids in the car, earmuffs. <laughs> There's kids in the car. Um, I want to skip it or low down the volume. Sorry in advance. Here's the clip. No, no, no. He don't need no help. He's already been served. I served him. He's taken care of. He's a little slow, but he got it. See, what he thought was he could come up in here and make the rules. But now he see that Jay make the rules in Smart Tech. Then I run this bitch, and now he about to bounce. It's your boy? Yeah, that's my boy. We rep the same Smart Tech. You just got fucked up with him. Both y'all niggas gonna get clapped up when I get back. Both of y'all niggas. What, what did I do? It don't fucking matter. Yeah. Oh. Well, aim high, Willis. Aim high. Please don't do this. I want to give a shout out to Klein Solomon for that clip off of his IG page. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Um, the what did I do? was is representative of how a lot of Canadians are feeling like, okay, are we going to get dragged into a World War Three? Okay, so first, I want to jump into um, a background on Kasim Salamani. This is an article from the Washington Post. In the early hours of January 3rd, 2020, the U.S. military launched a drone strike in Baghdad. It killed Major General Kasim Salamani, a high-level Iranian military leader. The airstrike Friday morning killed not only Soleimani, but also Jamal Jafar Abrahami and Iraqi militia commander Abu Mahadi al-Mahandis. And so Kasim 
was a young man from a poor family in Iran's mountainous southeast. Soleimani joined the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corp, a group designed to protect the new republic and enforce its strict ideological aims. Only in his 20s, he undertook missions behind enemy lines, the sort of irregular warfare that would one day become the calling card of the Qud force. He also found allies among Iraqi's majority, the Shiite population, some of whom backed Iran against the Sunni-dominant dictatorship of Saddam Hussein. In the late 1990s, Soleimani was given control of the Quds force, the wing of the Revolutionary Guard devoted to external affairs. The group had a lengthy history having helped establish Hezbollah and other terrorist groups in Lebanon and in the early 1980s, and under Soleimani's watch, it expanded its influence in the, U- in the region. After the U.S.-led invasion in Iraq ousted Saddam Hussein, the Quds force began to aid Shiite militias in the country as they fought American troops. Soleimani's influence was most keenly felt in the Middle East, but his practical ambitions were not regionally bound. The Qud force was linked to the plots in Asia and in Latin America, and even one failed 2011 attempt to assassinate Saudi Arabia's ambassador to the United States at an Italian restaurant in Georgetown. After President Trump pulled the United States out of the 2015 nuclear deal between Iran and other world powers, the Qud force found itself at the center of repeatedly escalating tensions within the with the United States. Where what are your what's your opinion of this guy? He's no joke in that uh, he he wields a lot of power and he's a potential threat to American safety. Well, I mean how like i would you know my rebuttal to that would be so is every military individual Mm -hmm. right like they're put in a place where they could do good or evil and to arguably it's a it's not a a black and white distinction every time um so i think you know the reason i i bring that up is you know you talked about his his reverence within the country well What's the origins of that? Well, so I'm on uh, antiwar.com, which is um, kind of, I get there because of Scott Horton, who's the editorial director, and he's kind of my um, foreign affairs go-to. Um, this guy, Scott Horton, he's a, he's a beast in terms of his research and, and his knowledge. So there's an article on there actually by someone else, um, but it's uh, it was talking about, you know, why is he so revered? And the, the line here is, while Trump and the U.S. often get credit in Western media for the defeat of the Islamic State, in the Middle East, the people see Soleimani, I can't even say his name, Soleimani, Soleimani. Soleimani as the hero of the war. So his, his reverence, the reason why two million people showed up is because they, believe, they basically give him the credence or the credit for defeating ISIS. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, if you actually look at back in, in Trump's tweets, he makes a point that, that some people have made. The, the biggest catalyst for why ISIS was able to exist was the U.S. presence in the Middle East. 
right? The the regime or the the regime change wars, the um, you know essentially trying to build up countries by tearing them down first, created a vacuum for ISIS, mm-hmm. um, and so he's viewed as in essence the biggest reason why ISIS was defeated. Um, uh, by by um, the Middle East, at least. Um, so it's uh i think there's you know w- w- when we talked about this one our uh, israel and pro- uh, israel propaganda or uh, apartheid episode mm-hmm. about propaganda it's like to some extent you know you 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 got to expect whatever the government did they're going to be selling you why they did it mm-hmm. you're going to be getting propaganda for their position mm-hmm. right it's like similar like we hear this this line about oh he's I mean, essentially the same article. And again, I'll have it in the show notes page. Um, you know, there's a section called lies from the Trump admin and, and they talk about the, you know, there's this thing going around that he's responsible for hundreds of Americans deaths. 17,000. Um, and, and what's the, what's the, you know, what's the, the line of how they draw that. Right. Right. Um, because, you know, how many degrees of separation? Because arguably, is that degree of separation farther than the claim that, I mean, CBC, I think it was CBC that put out a claim, or CBC News that put out an article claiming Trump is responsible for that uh, commercial airline getting shot down. Mm-hmm. Because his attack then caused unrest, then caused the military to be on high alert, which then caused the you know the Iranian military to make a mistake mm-hmm. and and essentially shoot down a commercial aircraft in error. So, you know, that's that's a few degrees of separation and and I would say you know, who's ultimately responsible? Clearly the Iranian military. But if I want to allow for a really uh, liberal kind of association, I could say yeah, the US is responsible. Yeah, Trump is responsible. Mm-hmm. And so are they using that sort of you know rhetoric or or degrees of separation like if if because the reason i say that is this is where things get really sticky in the U- in the middle east we essentially we being the us actually so the us will support this guy in some scenarios and and when i say this guy i really mean his team his army his you know his military presence will support them when they're fighting in one country but then in another region we're actually attacking them so you know if you want to again depending on how you want to look at degrees of association we could say that we're fighting ourselves uh (laughs) i won't say that but no but my point is like (laughs) let's just you know let's let's call it iranian army for for simplicity the iranian army's fighting in iraq we're going to support them but then in this region of iran we're actually fighting them yeah, but that's politics. That's the nature of the business. It's supposed to be messy. Well, but that's the nature of war. It's not really the nature of... Like, how do you have a military ally- allegiance with the same group of people depending on where they're fighting? Because that's politics, like, man. Well... Like, I, I, like, I, like I, don't, I don't... Like, for me, I don't, I don't try to apply um, reason to, to why these guys do things. <laughs> I really don't. Like, okay. my, my, my bottom line is, look, if this guy's... A, if you think I, if you, like, I'm not... Like... What do I do with my life? What do I do? I play basketball. Um, I, I do a podcast. Um, I hang out with my wife. Um, I train kids in basketball. Uh, I read books. That's what I do. 
Some of us play video games. Some of us do a whole bunch of other things. Politicians are paid to do politician stuff where they get their hands dirty and they do stuff that maybe I don't want to know about it. But the bottom line is they're supposed to be there to protect me from any potential danger. Whether you get your hands dirty like a designated survivor or house of cards or you name it, these guys just get their hands dirty. That's what they do. I don't try to apply a logic to why they do these things. The bottom line is their ultimate agenda should be to protect the safety of their people. And, and sorry, I know you mentioned the the airplane uh, situation. And I just want to quickly uh, clarify that for those people who weren't quite sure where the connection is. So in Ottawa, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, and this is an article from the National Post. And so Prime Minister Justin Trudeau addressed the nation Thursday afternoon amid multiple reports pointing the finger at the Iran, sorry, pointing the finger at Iran for the downing of a Ukraine international airlines flight. The crash killed all on board, including 63 Canadians and 138 who were headed to Canada. Addressing assembled media in Ottawa, Trudeau said Canada has intelligence that indicates the plane was shot down by Iranian by an by an Iranian missile. So he says, um, we have intelligence from multiple sources, including our allies and our own intelligence. The intelligence indicates that the plane was shot down by an Iranian surface-to-air missile. This may well have been unintentional, he said. When Trudeau was asked whether he was not ruling out that this was intentional, the prime minister said, it is really too early to draw any conclusions. Asked if the downing could be seen as an act of war, Trudeau said, it is too early to draw definitive conclusions like that one. That is why we need a complete, incredible investigation. Sad, yeah, sad it, situation, man. Well, yeah, it's it's you know, and uh, I have an art. You know, I use a, an app a lot of times called News Voice. Um, I think they recently got bought by Google, which is kind of just disturbing. But um, what I like about it is generally they give you kind of a, a summary headline. And then it would be, they'll give you a number of articles kind of going both ways and telling you, oh, this, this uh, source is generally left-leaning. This is right-leaning. This is central. Um, and so, you know, I bring that up to say, th I saw the headline there and, and it seemed like everybody from both sides of the spectrum were ruling this as, you know, the, they kind of, th the, the initial responses or initial thoughts from, it seems like everybody involved was that it was accidental in nature, meaning there wasn't an, they didn't intention. They intended to shoot the plane down. They didn't intend to shoot down a commercial airline. Um, and, and so I actually recently posted, a, a something on Facebook that was a BBC article that said it was titled when the U S shot down an Iranian airliner. Uh, and this was from in uh, on July third, nineteen eighty-eight. A sophisticated U.S. Navy warship shot down an Iranian civilian airliner flying over the Persian Gulf. All two hundred and ninety aboard the aircraft were killed. Uh, so now, what's interesting is somebody qu commented and said, 
the U.S. paid Iran $64 million to the families. And his response was, let's see if Iran does the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, with this, in light of this situation, uh, it does raise the question about, you know, just war versus pacifism. Well, and and I would say, I think, you know, you, you said the word pacifism, and I think another word that's thrown out there a lot of times for, let's say, people like me get, I don't want to say demonized, but they get <laughs> put in this, we get put in a box of, of isolationism. Okay. Right? I would say that that's probably similar to what people think of when they think of pacifism. Um, Hold on. Is it and, the same? Well, I don't know. I, I think I think isolationism is is a straw man. Um Okay, okay. To be honest. Okay, so let me uh go through the definition of, of these things. And okay. then and then you can be like, we'll okay, well, this there. works. Okay. You know, just war theory is a theory um that was that was created by Christian theologians. Uh just to put that out there yeah yeah to contextualize yeah, yeah. and and also yeah so i'll also add some bible verses to it so you can kind of think them through or write them down as you're listening just cause is the reason for going to war a morally right cause such as defense of a nation revelation chapter 19 verse 11 and then the point two is competent authority has the war been declared not simply by a renegade band within a nation but by a recognized competent authority within the nation romans 13 1. point three comparative justice is it clear that the actions of the enemy are morally wrong and the motives and actions of one's own nation in going to war are in comparison morally right romans 13 3. point four right intention is the purpose of going to war to protect justice and righteousness rather than simply to rob and pillage and destroy another nation? Proverbs 21, verse 2. And then point five, last resort. Have all other reasonable means of resolving the conflict been exhausted? Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, and Romans 12, verse 18. Point six, probability of success is there a reasonable expectation that the war can be won luke 14 uh, verse 31 Uh, proportionality of projected results will the good results that come from a victory in a war be significantly greater than the harm and loss that will inevitably come with pursuing the war romans chapter 12 verse 21 and then 13 verse 4 and then finally, point eight, right spirit. Is the war undertaken with great reluctance and sorrow at the harm that will come rather than simply with a delight in war? As in, we see in Psalm 68, verse 30. So am I, if I was to try to summarize, I think, and, and maybe I missed, miss, um, I don't want to misrepresent that kind of some or that kind of principle approach, but it sounds almost like major like I think seven out of the eight of them are really about morality, motives, um, and and intentions. And only I think it was the seventh one 
that is is really about I, I'm actually going to take it to economics, but really it's about you know weighing the cost benefits. Mm-hmm. Well, well, uh, even uh, when you talk about like the heart and the sentiment and the intention, yeah, well, it, it reflects like Saint Augustine's theories and and the man who. I, well, I mean, what I'm trying to get at though is like you laid out. I think you, I think you got to number eight, right? So you're talking about the eighth, eight principles, and and I would say seven of them are challenging, the the morality of it. Just you know, is it is it moral, right? Do you have the right intentions? Do you have like are all the aspects of going to war moral? But then one of them, I think it was the seventh one, is everything could be moral, but if the amount of damage you're going to inflict is just astronomically high, well, then that supersedes, in essence, um, having all the right motives, right? Like mutually, dis- uh, what is it? Mutually insured destruction would not be a good course of action, no matter how moral it is, right? Uh, I Do wouldn't you- say right, necessarily. Well, uh, okay, so... If if the option, you know, like, and so this is where I'll use two extremes to, to kind of paint the picture I'm trying to get at is, you know, if you know that a particular action will lead to nuclear destruction of the, enti- you know, pretty much the entire world. Uh, okay, well, okay, can you, can you kind of pick something a little bit uh Well, no, no, <laughs> okay, so practical. Point, <laughs> but, but this is, but I, I use hyperbole to kind of paint the picture that this, que- that's what number seven is paint is saying. That like the the um, the costs have to be appropriate to the benefits, right? So if the benefit is to prevent, you know, let's say a Hitler, but the cost is nuclear war across the world, is that like the point is? Uh, yeah, this, your, your example is gonna have to be a little bit more realistic for me because I, okay. I, 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 yeah, I'm using an unrealistic example to to actually demonstrate well, my mind that, that would go, say my mind doesn't go to unrealistic places, man. Okay, but <laughs> okay, fair enough. Okay, but okay. The question is, oh, yeah, go ahead. So sorry, I know we're kind of getting into a bit of no, 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 it's know, okay because no, but, here, but I, I wanted to get to the pacifism. Okay, but but just I want to like hammer home a point here that, and that is about just war theory and 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 this is why it's important because i found like i actually really appreciate the fact that you're con- like just war theory considers the the impact as much as you know all of your motives could be in the right place all of the intentions all of the goals could be correct but if the course of action you're going to pursue will result in astronomically high costs then it is not just, right? It's kind of like the principle within in Canada. We have this um, that you have to use reasonable force to defend yourself, right? Like if you shoot a guy who's, you know, six times who came to your door, you know, looking to beat you up with his fists. Arguably, they're gonna you could potentially charged with manslaughter in Canada. Even though you might claim it's self-defense, but it's unproportional um, violence, if that's the right. So I'm saying that that's kind of how they're, at least to me, they're kind of incorporating that into this just war theory. Um, so I just, I just think for the listener, it's. Imp- I thought it was important to kind of hammer home that point that that, that's actually a, for all of the principles that you laid out, that one is unique almost, or or it's different in its its nature. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so, and I thought it was important. So, um, anyways, okay. So moving on to passivism. Okay, so passivism. So the arguments commonly used to support passivism are that one, Jesus commanded us to turn the other cheek, Matthew chapter five verse thirty-nine, and point two. Jesus commanded us to love our neighbors as ourselves, Matthew chapter 22, verse 39. Point three, engaging in military combat involves failure to trust God. Point four, we should depend on international law rather than going to war. Point five, the use of violence always leads to further violence, and pacifism should be adopted to stop the vicious cycle. And this was taken out of the book... Christian Ethics, an Introduction to Biblical Moral Reasoning by Wayne Grudem. And, uh, and, and for the, you know, the, the Bible heads, um, for the most part, I think pacifism is, a, is highly associated with uh, the Anabaptists. Um, mm-hmm. I know that that's kind of a, their, their default stance almost in general, mm-hmm. um, both on a, let's say, more so on a personal level. Mm-hmm. Um, so pas- think of pacifism in your you know, personal scenario of essentially sacrificing your life versus killing someone in self-defense. So would you, so would you say that, that these views line up with like you being called an isolationist? Um, I think actually, I think the, the, the isolationism would be, I, I think when people use the term isolationist, they're being, it's a straw man. Um, it, it doesn't fairly represent, I think, just war theory that you laid out more so represents what people demonize at, or is, is very similar to what people are demonizing when they're calling people isolationists. So someone like Ron Paul was was called an isolationist because he's Sorry, like, who's Ron Paul, for those who don't know? Ron Paul um, essentially is a, I'll call him a hardcore libertarian who... Um, was a senator, a Republican senator for many years, um, non-compromising um, in in so many regards. In that, I mean, in politics, there's so much like, I'll scratch your back, you scratch my back. You know, what do I got to do to get you to vote yes on my bill? Mm-hmm. And Ron Paul was purely principled. Like, is this bill uh, infringing on people's liberties? Is it against the Constitution? And that's how I'm voting. Um, and so he didn't. You know, I, I've heard a few people from his office. Uh, he's retired. Uh, essentially, he tried to run for president in 08 and 2012. And I think uh, shortly thereafter, he retired. And he has now, uh, it's called the Ron Paul Liber- uh, Liberty Report. He's got a couple different like podcasts. Uh, I think it's called the something, the Ron Paul. He has his own curriculum through uh, Tom Woods. Oh, yeah, there's the, well, no, Tom Woods. Uh, essentially, there's a Ron Paul homeschool program, uh, self-taught homeschooling program. So, uh, for any listeners out there who are homeschoolers, apparently his program is is killer mm-hmm. in that regard. Um, that that obviously it's probably not for a grade one or, or a grade one to to be self-teaching themselves, if that's the right mm-hmm. way of saying it. Um, so it's probably a little bit more um, so so about the isol- isolationist thing, yeah. So. Ron Paul being uh, probably the one that gets demonized the most, he he basically you know put the challenge out there that the fact that U.S. has military bases all over the world, the fact that they have a military presence in countries, um, arguably, and I think this is a fair argument, 
or at least an argument that needs to be entertained, and that's why he gets strawmanned. So the argument is that by being military present, militarily present in a country is what's causing them to hate you. So when when we hear of 9-11, you know, the argument was they hate you for your freedom. And his answer is, no, they hate us because we're over there doing military exercises all the time. Um, and whether you agree with him or not, um, I think the, the challenge that he's proposing is something that actually needs to be engaged with. But demonizing him as an isolationist is how you avoid actually engaging the, the those type of arguments that you know team america world police is creating more havoc than saving people um so going back to your question you know i think the proper perspective of ron paul would be he's not against going to war he's pro only just war and and he would say okay it needs to be an act of congress um and that's a, a more constitutional approach uh, without getting down the rabbit hole, there is a, a, a War Powers Act that is more about, you know, single attacks, but I think it gets abused. Um, a- anyways, all that to say that um, I think the just war theory, um, as a principle, without getting into the specifics of, oh, is this a good aspect of it or bad, the, the principle behind it, the goal of saying... War is just in very limited circumstances. Here's the criteria that we're trying to lay out, in this case, a biblical standard. But I would say even our, like, I, I would be happy as a Christian even to see, you know, let's say the U.S. Co- even coming up with their own kind of principles for just war. Um, because right now we just have military presence that is, in my opinion, excessively and immoral because we're violating you know, other countries were violating people's rights. You know, we generally, we in essence don't have jurisdiction to to do a regime change war, to do nation building. You know, there's no, there's really no justification other than, oh, well, we don't, you know, the, the front is that we don't think that those countries are democratic enough. And so we're going to basically do nation building and help set up a democracy but I would say if you look at everything they've done since 2002, post 9-11, in essence, um, if you're really judging it fairly, it's an absolute failure, um, i.e., you know, primary example being ISIS uh, or the Islamic State rising that we've previously touched on. Mm-hmm. So then would you say that, so then you would disagree that that the U.S. was justified in the killing of Soleimani. Yeah, I mean, I, I would challenge um, on, on a number of different, you know, reasons. Um, but yeah, I would challenge that it was just... Um, I, at the same time, uh, I can, you know, let's say we look back and say, okay, everything, you know, the entire... Like, I would just say Trump inherited a mess from Bush and Obama. You know, those two did more, if not the same... You know, whether, you know, if you want to get into specific quantities, like it's, it's, you know, you're comparing apples and oranges when you, you know, start talking five, 10 years later. But, um, sorry, but h- you know, how was the U.S. unjustified in killing him? Um, I mean, for me, uh, I would say that you've essentially started a war because, the, I mean, 
if you had said that he was in the process of, pa- uh, um, sorry, if he was in the process of, uh, well, well, the well, the grounds, initiating. Are, well, the grounds is preemptive strike. For yeah. The, yeah, for those and who don't know, preemptive strike is you yes. think that, uh, or not you think, or you or you have information that uh, you're in harm's way, or they're plotting uh, something against you, then you can um, get at them before they get at you. Yeah, so, I mean, that that to me, it, I, I would say that any sort of claim of such is hot garbage. Um, there's there's really no evidence, um, you know, so the, essentially the evidence is razor thin. I'm stealing that from that anti-war um, post that I, as I referenced earlier. Um, you know, do your own research, and, and, and I think you'll find the same thing, that really killing him, in, in, in essence, in self-defense... Um, it is hot garbage. Um, but if, like, that's where I would say, you know, if you could substantiate that you were killing him in self-defense, then I would, you know, have a, or, or you know, a like self-defense argument, then I would say, okay, the, the, the morality of it's a little bit different because now you're really in war, right? You're talking about they're going to attack us, so we got to attack them. But what if they, um, but, like, I mean, so, so help me, so, like, do, like in your... Theory? Are you saying that like they have to attack us first? No, I think you said it right. Like if there's an imminent attack, self-defense. But unless you can prove there's an imminent attack, but what do you it's mean not by self-defense. But, yeah, but I think but this is, goes back to my first point. Like, well, first of all, you know that's the government, and so some of the stuff they do, you know, have to be behind the curtain. And so, well, like, okay, like so- I mean, they're not gonna come and like give you a whole layout of. You know all their top secret information. I'm sure there's some stuff they just gotta you know keep close to the chest. Well, so and this is where like, um, I I don't disagree. Or uh, sorry, not that I don't disagree. I agree that there's a deep conversation there around how do you um protect the military's ability to do what they need to do. Mm-hmm. While holding them accountable to a just standard, mm-hmm. right? Like that's a that's a deep conversation. I'm not trying to get into it, but no, to some extent, no, yeah. the, okay. the response to what you're saying is like, I agree that like it shouldn't necessarily be on public display, but in in a scenario like this, post, um. Are there uh, should there be checks and balances to to essentially pass judgment when when the whatever you know let's call it the appropriate standard for determining an imminent, imminent attack is not actually there now? Yeah, but hold a on, but, between, but hold on, man. But all that all that's relative, man. It's it's all relative. Well, whether whether uh, whether the information you get isn't enough or it's too much or whatever the case is, all that stuff is relative. Well, okay, so and and I think when you say relative. Kind of what you're saying is that it's never enough. Um, It'll well, never be enough. It'll never like be good there's enough. There's a difference. There's a difference between having bad information and making the wrong, like making a, a judgment based on bad information, as opposed to not actually like not like they're claiming self-defense. They're claiming there was an imminent attack. Mm-hmm. But if that's and just he has propaganda, an, and, he, and he has a track record. Yeah, right. So, but they're, but they're again. This is propaganda and to some extent. They're 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 justifying. There's a public justification, right? So, why do they tell us he's a bad guy to justify the fact that killing him was appropriate? 
right? Like they're not going to tell you he's a wonderful human being, but he's on the other side, so we we had to kill him. Well, why would they kill a wonderful human being? But I, my point is that <laughs> um, when it comes to love and war, all is fair game, right? So, um, I mean, I'm being a little bit, you know, ironic there, or or ironic's not the right word, but you get my point. Um, I, I'm I'm trying to say that it's not as simple as well they said he was a bad guy so therefore um and and that's why i said to you like saying he's responsible for killing hundreds essentially i think you said 1700 i mean it's it's a tough thing to say because i go back to what i said at the beginning we support him when he's fighting the wars we want but then when he starts doing things we don't want we start attacking him well, and, yeah, because part so, of it is somebody has to bear the responsibility of, of making these big time decisions. And that's why I said, like, yo, all I do is eat, hang out with my wife and play basketball and do yoga. So, I mean, that's as, a, as a, you know, Christian and, and my perspective with regards to, to war or to, to with regards to government and, and God's sovereignty is like, OK, yeah, I would agree with you that, like, OK, I trust God with these things. And and that's in his hand and that's in his place to judge. Um but if I had influence on how government operates, um, I'm going to say, you know, war is a last ditch effort. Right. And, and war is something that happens and then is done. It isn't a 20 year war because that's not 20 year war. That's called occupation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, either way, you know, I would just say, like, look, man, protect me. Whatever you got to do, protect me. Protect me. That's, well, not, that's what I'm concerned it. with. And I think this is where the the passivism, you know, kind of like argument as opposed to just war, the rebuttal on the pacifist side is, you know, is your life worth more than the others? And if you're going to heaven, why are you, you know, willing to kill that person to save your life? Yeah, no. Well, again, I'm not I'm not necessarily holding that position. I'm yeah, saying that's the, the pacifist. Yeah, no, no. But again, but I think, again, like. Um, at the level where you know governments and militaries are at war, that's on another level. That, like I said, my regular day doesn't consist of that. But you mm-hmm. know, those guys are in leadership for a reason. Uh, one, because you know the people have made their choice, and one, God has made His choice. And I believe all those things come together to work for good. Um, but I, I also wanted to touch on, like the the Canadian aspect. Okay, so I'm going to read an article from NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, and read the article uh, about their collective defense. So the collective defense clause, it's Article 5, and it says that an attack against one ally is considered as an attack against all allies. So by default, you know, Canada is brought into this mess. Kind of like, uh, you know, I think about the the Mac Ten. So for anybody who doesn't know who Mac Ten, Mac Ten's a rapper. He's part of West Side Connection, uh, back in the '90s. And so he was talking about something he was taught by his dad. And his dad always taught him, you know, whether the the crew you're rolling with, whether they're right or wrong, you always got to roll with them. Right. So in okay. the sense, like, yeah, at sometimes it's just like you know you're forced into a situation where look, man, you know whether you're right or wrong, you got to roll with them. And it is what it is. Uh, for Canadians, it's like, uh, you know, because part of it too is like, you know, we do business with with with, with the U.S. Uh, 
you know, we're on the same piece of, uh, you know, land as they are. We're right next door to them. You know, it is what it is. I think with the whole airplane situation, um, as we say around these parts, that's a beef ting. Why, why do you say that? We had our people on the plane, and I felt like it was personal. If you have a plate of food, and I turn around to and I reach to you know scratch my head and I accidentally slap your plate of food out of your hand, and mm-hmm. you know that, that was an accident. You know, I, I'll buy you a new plate. I'll buy you a new shawarma. <laughs> accidentally pushing a button to take down a plane with people on it. Especially our people? No. No. I'm not cool with that. And like and and, and like kinda of like what, what Trudeau said. And Trudeau was trying to of course try to be um you know, politically savvy and, and not say anything too crazy in that press conference. But yeah, they have intel that yeah, it was Iranian missiles that did it. And, you know, he doesn't want to say anything that's gonna get people riled up, but like that you don't you don't shoot down planes by mistake. Uh, well, I mean, you know that's the whole going back to the U.S. one, right? Where I quoted that BBC article, they did it. So apparently, this is a thing. So uh, yes, this morning actually, I was talking to some men at my church, and um, they were talking about the Russians actually had a problem with this in the past. Something to do with like basically military radar historically this is what the russians problem was that they didn't have the ability to differentiate between military and commercial airlines or you know flights um and then i kind of jokingly was like oh that's all the stuff that i you know iran has now it's all from russia's you know secondhand stuff um and so i i did hear that though that 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 was one of the issues with iran that they didn't have the ability to decipher with their you know anti-aircraft uh, um, radar, if you want to call it yeah, that, that yeah. basically. So they again. I mean, if you look at the flight, there's a whole bunch of funky stuff, right? Like this flight was delayed over and over again for mechanical stuff, and then finally it took off and it was blown up in the air, which is like kind of a random sequence of events, if you want to call it that. I I, I I don't know. I, I no, I, I can't I can't call that random, man. And and well, that's and, what, and, I mean. I I get that it's a reason to to be hesitant to accept it um but i would say you know there was more iranians on the plane that they shot down than canadians yeah but even but the and the plane was coming to canada i believe no no so okay so the plane was flying from tehran to ukraine mm-hmm. there's a ukrainian um fly uh airplane airliner Air, yeah sorry uh ukrainian airliner uh, I think they originally said there were 63 Canadians, but they've lowered the number to like 57 because I think I'm guessing those six people were actually um, people in Canada who aren't classified as Canadians. Think of like a student on a visa for school. They're technically still whatever other nationality. Yep. They're not Canadian. Yep. So anyways, all that to say, but I think the total was like 170 or 180 people that got killed. Um and so we're talking roughly a hundred, uh, let's say, just for simplicity, a hundred Iranians are on the plane. Yeah, so, but yeah, but I think because it says here in the National Post article that the plane was headed to Canada. Uh yeah, I think. Okay, so let me put it this people, way. Okay, so let me put it this way. I'm in Europe and I'm flying to Canada. Mm-hmm. I don't they, think it was a direct flight. Is kind of what I was trying to get at. 
but yeah, it, I think they were heading to Canada. That's why there were so many Canadians on the flight. But okay, yeah, but I mean, whether you're coming from Jamaica, Trinidad, or wherever, and there's an idea, there's there, there's this concept now where you know people are shooting down planes headed to our country. I don't think that's good for business, and I don't think that's good for you know uh, civil morale of uh, um, of the country. And you know, so it's just one of those things. I'm just like, look, man, uh, that that that's a that's grounds for I'm not going to say war just yet, but it's, it's definitely grounds for um, leaning towards that way. Because like you talked about, you know, things being done by mistake. If like, even like if, if the U S you know, killed this guy by mistake with this drone strike, you know, like, like, like that's not a mistake shooting people down with missiles or drones or whatever the case may be. Now, mind you, uh, Soleimani was in Iraq, um, which is which was in which is what Baghdad is in Iraq, and that's where Soleimani was killed, and and that was U- U.S. jurisdiction. So U.S. Um, has jurisdiction to execute um, on in the, Iraq. In Iraq. Wow, how do they get such jurisdiction? Well, 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 I mean, no, yeah, that's but, not America. Yeah, no. How do they have jurisdiction? No, but not like, I, in I don't care. I don't care how, how they got the jurisdiction. You kick the people out that you don't want there. Now you have. No, but, now you run the place. What do you? What do you mean? Wait, it just violated property rights. Yeah, well, well, now it's my property. So, so yeah, if you come into here, that's there's going to be a problem. But my point is this: Look, it is what it is. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, like I'm like I can go to Trump and tell him, "Hey, look, man, what you did was immoral." But 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 the next day, the situation is still the same. Mm-hmm. Right. If some thugs come and take over my home, I can't come back into my home because there's thugs in there. They're running it now. It is what it is. Unless, unless I come back with a bit, with a bigger crew, and I kick those guys out. It is what it is. So all I was just saying was just like, yeah, he got killed in 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 that territory which uh, the U.S. was policing. You know, and it is what it is. And, and I'm sure he knew. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he knows. It's kind of like, you know, you know, blood's going into crypt territory. Wagwan. Your car gets shot up. Well, yeah, you in the wrong neighborhood, bro. I can't remember where I heard this and it's going to suck because I won't be able to put it in the show notes page. And I always hate kind of quoting stuff that I can't. But I did hear something to the effect of like he was traveling to negotiate with Saudi Arabia. Um, with regards to kind of stand down stuff. So part of his movement to getting to where he was, was, I don't want to say peace treaty, but to some extent it was, you know, negotiations. And so, I mean, if I want to put my conspiracy hat on, to some extent, Saudi Arabia lured him such that the U.S. could actually carry out this attack. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I I think, like, I try not to, you know, go into the conspiracy thing because sometimes I feel like... that's where it's like... I always make this quote on the show, right? What? Why do conspiracy theorists get a bad name? Because they're filling in details. So yeah, I'm filling in a bit of details. I don't quite remember where I heard it, but when I heard it, I was like, because what's crazy, and and this is where I was going to kind of say this to the end, but it's, it's a good time and we're kind of starting to okay, wrap well, up. Okay, well, 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 what's your two cents? And you can okay, close so so uh, we haven't even touched this topic, but but kind of what blows my mind on this is, do you know how many people died in the the U.S.'s attack? Sorry, which attack? So the drone strike on um, Soleimani. Oh, no. How many? Two. Mm-hmm. Which is good and crazy at the same time. 
And the reason I say it's crazy is it wasn't that long ago Obama was taking so much heat for the, let's call it, civilian casualties that were happening under his drone strikes. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, Obama's basically like the drone strike leader. Um, Now, I think Trump has kind of maybe had more quantity of drone strikes, uh, let's say per year, per capita kind of, you know, way of looking at it. But if you look at the casualties, um, Obama was racking up like uh, collateral damage in a sense. You know, they didn't have, and whether it, and this is why I said it's kind of crazy. This is what's kind of, you know, when I reflect on the whole thing that's kind of scary mm-hmm. is that, you know, the the ability now to be so precise in, in drone strikes such that you don't have um, collateral damage. You know, and yes, right now we're talking about this being in a, a third world country or in a, you know, a foreign country, I should say. To us, it's not on home soil. Um, but, you, you know, you if you think of, you know, poor progression of a tyrannical government, you know, do we start getting into this idea of like pre-crime and being able to de- detain people? And so, yeah, I mean, to some extent, I know I'm going total sidebar, total off the rocker with my point but it just you know reflecting on this going from crazy amount of people that would die under drone attacks to now having such level of precision to literally just kill two people um which to some extent is good uh it's just forward looking or or kind of thinking you know how can this be used for bad uh or putting it into a quote that i'm sure many people have heard with great power comes great responsibility and i think this is why um, when I look at the level of power that the government has, I challenge and say the just war theory um, and having appropriate standards and controls in place such that, you know, attacks like this are only occurring um, when you have, let's say, the proper levels of control uh, approving it or, or validating uh, what needs to happen. Mm-hmm. What about you? What's your two cents when you when you reflect on this whole thing that just went down? Donald Trump has this ability or the the polarizing political power of the Trump can be distracting. So I think it's important for Christians to get back to principles. And when we look at the principles of the just war theory, we look at St. Thomas Aquinas expounding on St. Augustine's reflections on the principles of the just war theory. And that's what we're using today. So, you know, we can kind of, you know, thank the early church fathers for helping us uh, not just contemplate, you know, our heavenly citizenship, but also our earthly citizenship. So the, the need for Christians to consider sound justification for going to war is crucial. So I think it's important that we consider, you know, be careful of the propaganda, like you said, and be able to go back to the scriptures. Because Jesus said, you know, I didn't just come to bring peace, but he came to bring a sword. Right? So whether Mm -hmm. war on a personal level or a military level, uh, we must not forget that, you know, fighting is something we we should we try to avoid but sometimes have to do to maintain the peace you know the idea of maintaining the peace i think is something we don't we don't engage enough 
right? And that's where, you know, my position on all this, generally speaking, is anti-war because I think we too easily uh, accept the war because it's not on home soil, right? Like, what if this was, you know, um, in our backyard, right? What if Alaska was the country we're talking about? And it's, you know, right next door to us. You know, would we feel differently about this? What if it was, you know, um, what if you as an individual had family in that country that this is going down and you have to worry about, you know, your family being collateral damage? Um, Does that change how you evaluate it? And if it does, I would say that's because you're not taking a principled approach. If you're taking a principled approach the the context of how it affects you personally doesn't matter um so i mean that's where you know for the most part i'm trying to just like i feel so many people in in the you know middle east wars are just like well those people are evil so we need to fight them or you know they don't have the level of enlightenment that us in our civilized democracies have and and there's this like you know snobbery uh looking down on them that that i think uh is unfortunate so that's that's my two cents i think um i think we've hit it home pretty good that this is uh this is a tough one and I'm sure there's going to be more information coming out in the weeks to come. And, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, we didn't speak too heavy handedly because, again, we don't have all the information and it'll come out in mm-hmm. the days to come. And, and maybe we have to come back and revisit this episode. Uh, but please let us know what you guys think. You can contact us by email. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I'll try to put, you know, as much as I can in the show notes page with respect to, let's say, a little bit of differing opinions. I know we didn't we spoke to, you know. Uh, why we thought, or at least I spoke a little bit to why I thought the Iranians were were positive uh, towards him. But there's a couple. I got a couple uh, YouTube videos that have that are kind of on the other side of it. Why Iranians didn't like this guy. Um, so I think you you raise a good point that there's a lot of information. I'm sure more and more is going to continue to come out, and and potentially let's say it might be 15 years from now we really get a good picture of how how uh, imminent the danger was that that. Uh, the Trump administration was claiming. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you're trying to get in contact with me, you can contact me on Twitter, Duguda Darnell, D-O-G-U-D-D-A underscore Darnell. That's on Twitter and on Instagram, Facebook. It's Darnell Samuels. And uh, Joel Nikoloff, T, Joel, and 39 everywhere. And uh, hit us up, Six Cents Report, sixcentsreport at gmail.com. Uh, let us know your two cents. Six Cents makes change. But you heard me? Does that make sense?